this just in? We're coming to you live from Closet Studios with breaking news about horrific bullshit that's been happening in the area. So, get ready to stimulate your peepees because this is, you guessed it, Pressure Points. Hey everybody, I'm D. I'm AJ. And you're on You Guessed It Pressure Points, baby. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed how different and high quality we sound. We've actually got ourselves some new equipment. I'm staring directly into AJ's face right now, hands-free from a microphone, which is similar to last time, except this time the mic is being held by an arm that's on the other side of the table. We're, We're killing it over here. We are also in our new studio, which was actually cost-free because it's in in my closet. So we're killing it. I've got blankets all over the walls. We're in a cute little blanket fort over here. It's adorable. It's way better than uh, the single USB microphone (laughs) I got for $12 off Amazon two years ago. We have, like, pop filters. Pop filters that are killing it. We're... We're doing great over here. Terribly successful uh, podcast. We made a lot of money uh, with no advertising. Millions of dollars. Our lawyers actually paid it to us. <laughs> they felt bad. <laughs> From all of the lawsuits that we won with all of our not stolen content. Exactly. Uh, we're going to talk today. Well, I'm not going to talk about it, but AJ has an enormous... 57-page dissertation on eugenics. 67. 69-page dissertation. It is 69 pages. On eugenics that we're going to be going over today. And hop right into it. Hurt my feelings. Make me uncomfortable. I'm going to start off by just apologizing to everybody who's listening and you, D, because eugenics is pretty fucked up. (laughs) And I've realized that while researching for this episode and for pretty much every episode here on out, everything's really fucked up. It's like, going to get really bad. Everything is fucked up. So if you like fucked up shit, you're in the right place. Keep listening. If you don't like fucked up shit, keep listening and download every episode. It's going to hurt your insides. But you're going to support us financially, <laughs> <laughs> even though we don't get money if you download anything. But, you know, whatever. Don't download it. Just stream it live. Every time. Yes, when we're live recording When we're this. live streaming all of our episodes. I don't have that set up yet. Shit. <laughs> uh, Probably not going to So, the only thing I know about eugenics, I was told not to research anything by AJ. The only thing that I'm aware of is that it's more or less the purification of a human race, which sounds terribly white supremacist. Similar. Yeah, that that's pretty much it. The down... To a T, almost. So the definition of eugenics is the science of improving the human population by controlled breeding to increase the occurrence of desirable, heritable characteristics. Hmm. The way that you do that, you know, basically all these strategies are immoral and inhumane, obviously. Like, there's no real humane way to say your genetics are too (laughs) shitty to reproduce, bitch. (laughs) So... It's been around for a long time, like way longer than I ever thought. Uh, the term eugenics was coined in 1883 by Francis Galton, 
who was the half-cousin of Charles Darwin. He basically researched a whole bunch of Darwin's stuff and came to the conclusion that, oh, we can do natural selection, but not natural, and make humans better. So controlled natural selection. Exactly. So not natural at <laughs> Naturally all. Naturally controlled selection. So uh, something that he did was he would study the upper class, like, Brits of the day, and claim that their social status was because they had superior genetics and had nothing to do with <laughs> the money of their family or or anything like that. It was just genetics. Born into. Born into. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's your genes, not the fact that you're related, I believe, as far as I've researched on this subject. Exactly. So from there, he kind of kind of was associated with genetic determinism, which is the idea that human character is entirely determined by genetics. It's not education. It's not based on the situation. It's just genetics. We act the way we are because of genetics. So they didn't believe... In, in the debate of nature versus nurture, they had they didn't believe nurture whatsoever. Not at it all. Was it was all nature. Huh. Yeah, so like uh, all those serial killers who were abused when they were children and like really fucked up and tormented, they would have murdered people either way. Because they were terrible because to begin with. Because they were genetically predetermined <laughs> to be a serial killer. Genetically enhanced to serial <laughs> kill. Exactly. So... Obviously, nowadays, looking back, we can, you know, laugh and joke about this, but this was serious. Like, people serious believed this, seriously believed this serious shit. Serious believed it. <laughs> you can go back. <laughs> no. So, at this point, a whole bunch of organizations and college groups actually formed around these ideas. It started mostly in the UK, but spread all throughout the more developed parts of the world, you know, Europe. U.S. and uh, North America, areas like that. <laughs> Germany, especially <laughs> Germany. Like there were, there were entire college courses set up on the study of eugenics, and people were just cool with it. Huh. And all starting in about 1883. But before Galton, before Francis Galton kind of came up with this idea, it was practiced in Greece, Rome, and uh, specifically the Germanic tribes. Weird. <laughs> In Germany. How long How long before uh, World War Two was this? A uh, long time ago. Hundreds and hundreds of they years. They were prepared. Potentially were, thousands of years. They were preparing for a while. <laughs> they knew about it. So pretty much what, what happened is uh, Plato himself suggested that a selective mating uh, be utilized to produce a higher class of citizens. He coined that idea. He wrote about it a lot and advocated for it, but they didn't really follow it thank goodness but it was an idea that was around during ancient greece in sparta every single child was inspected by a council and if he was not like up to par 10 out of 10 gonna have six-pack abs <laughs> and a beard he he would be killed just like on the spot if he wasn't immediately gerard butler in 300 he's out exactly exactly if he wasn't doing crunches <laughs> out of the womb then you can just go fuck yourself so uh, there was a Roman law that basically forced the fathers of children immediately to inspect their children the second they popped out of the womb, and if they were physically disabled, to yeet them on the wall and kill them. <laughs> just like, spin, hammer, throw that child into the wall. Just crunch, gone. Interesting. Immediately, no like time to get connected, anything like that. Even something as simple as like a club foot or... 
you know, a little claw hand, something like that. Oh, God. You just this immediately one looks have to like him. AJ. He's yeah. Done. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this, this short, slightly stout baby is done. <laughs> Finished. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Then it then it goes on to the uh, German the Germanic tribes from way back in the day. They would actually uh, I don't know why I'm laughing, but they would actually drown people in swamps who were cowardly, unwarlike, or stained by vices. So if you didn't want to go face a fifty-one to one odd battle, you'd just be drowned in a swamp. You're out. <laughs> You're out. Like if you were if you weren't like. Yeah, we want to kill every motherfucker who comes in here. You're dead. If they you weren't kill driving you. a large jacked-up truck regularly, with truck you were out with a MAGA hat. You're oh, done, though. Of course, you're you're out. There's like there's no nothing. more. Yeah, you are drowned in the swamp. What's the point in living if you're not that much of an asshole? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Just make sure you're not stained by vices. Which. Please, please describe stained by by vice grips. Is that what you're getting at? Uh, well, you know, this was a couple hundred years ago, so mostly like alcoholism. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck the Germanic tribes did back in the day, but anything, any kind of vice, so you could basically turn it into, oh, if you're a klepto, if you steal a whole bunch of stuff, if you're mentally ill, you could potentially, you know, be under that category. Slightly any type of coping mechanism. Exactly. Other than... I'd assume violence. Other than violence, exactly. <laughs> you're you're dead. You're drowned in a swamp. Huh. So today I'm going to be covering mostly eugenics in the U.S. from here on out. I'm not going to go into the World War II Nazi Party eugenics. Because we're going to have an entire episode dedicated to these things. Probably multiple, to be fair. Like, uh, we're yeah. going to we're gonna cover a lot of them. To be fair. <laughs> so... In the U.S., it began mostly in the late 19th century, the early 20th century, and, of course, it was related to immigration. There were, when we started as a country, you could basically immigrate here at any point. Didn't matter. Nobody gave a shit. And then people (laughs) realized the Chinese were coming to America. (laughs) Like, it's horrible. No. Yep. Just, how dare these, everybody else, fine. Chinese motherfuckers. Come into our country. You either come across the Atlantic, or you you don't come here. (laughs) God. Yeah, so, so of course, this is basically just racism, but academically backed. With extra steps. Yeah, a couple extra steps. So, the early proponents believed that, of course, we could just control human evolution. But not the human evolution of the genetically superior Nordics, Germanics, or the Anglo-Saxons. They're already great. So the idea was uh, just kill everybody who wasn't white, huh. and we'll be great. Like, we're good. Jeez. So they supported these movements. There were a lot of small movements during the time, and they supported strict immigration laws, laws that banned like interracial relationships, whether it was black and white or anything. Like, Irish to German. They'd be like, no, <laughs> how dare you? Because, you know, the Irish there... Sleazy some bitches. And slightly Chinese was out of the question. Oh, slightly Chinese? Oh, God. If you were born to one Chinese parent during this time period, there's a good chance you would be just killed at have, some point in your childhood. I have a great-great-grandmother that's Chinese. Dead. Drown him in a swamp. They have drowned him in a fucking swamp in Germany. So, this is where it kind of goes completely bonkers. 
they started to push for forced sterilization of the poor, disabled, and immoral. Oh my god. And immoral is such a great term. Like, it's totally based on who's thinking about it. Like, who is deciding at these points, oh, who is immoral? What is the time, you know, during the time period, who is deciding, oh, that's immoral, that's not immoral? It was probably the church and rich white people. If you want a great example of who is in immoral, you have a great example of two versions of that speaking to you today. Yeah. D we... and AJ, two of the most <laughs> immoral people. So, we... We're already dead. We're dead and gone at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're in a swamp face down. <laughs> swamp face up. It's deep. That oh. thing is very <laughs> yeah. deep. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, we'd be dead immediately. So they started to basically try to push for a legislature to allow them to forcibly sterilize people. Pretty horrible thing. Uh, there's a lot of debate about it, but it's one of our human rights to be able to reproduce. That's something that's generally understood, at least nowadays, for the most part. Certain places still definitely don't agree, but we're lucky enough to live in goddamn America. MAGA. God, <laughs> stop. Oh, God. I'm, I'm going to put that in the tags. That's not, uh, no, buzzwords. Buzzwords. So, the smaller groups believe that if you mix the best 10% of all the races, you could create a super race. But it quickly fell flat because it, re- it because it basically required white people to sleep with other races of people. It's also because they had ten percent of Chinese in there. And exactly, they that really that was it. Was. That was one hundred percent. They started advocating <laughs> no. for it, and they were like, "Someone, you know, just some reporter. Does that include the Chinese?" <laughs> oh shit! No, 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 oh, no, no! God, burn we've everything. Got to, we've got to start over. Burn everything. Oh God. So. What year was this? Wait. This was early early 20th century. Oh, okay. So, early 1900s, late 1800s. Huh. So, this is where it started to really take off. It's been a couple of years, and suddenly money started just flowing into these small groups that made them large political powers. That money sp- specifically came from the Carnegie Institution, <laughs> the Rockefeller Foundation, <laughs> and the Harriman Railroad fortune. Of course it came from the the Carnegies and Rockefellers. And Dr. Kellogg himself, the man who tried to create a cereal that would prevent you from masturbating. <laughs> Have you heard no. of that guy? Uh, no. I, oh, I, I mean, I eat a cereal and it doesn't work. That's a story for another day then, because he was fucking insane. He was completely anti-masturbation. To the point where, yeah, he tried to create like a cardboard-esque sugar-free cereal <laughs> that you would eat every morning and would prevent you from masturbating. The he... thing about it is that Kellogg's are they are too sexual in nature. I <laughs> eat them, and I immediately want to start masturbating. Exactly. I think that it just... Maybe it... All the marshmallows? Just, mm. They put the wrong... They probably put a Chinese gene in there, <laughs> and I just... That's, that's the issue. Well, you know, no matter <clears throat> what... It, you were already predetermined with your genetics to want to masturbate to cereal with cereal. So with two cereal, got <laughs> the fucking crunch, baby. <laughs> oh, that sexy ass tricks rabbit. Fuck. So, I wonder how deep that toucan Sam can get. Oh, I want that beak all up in me. <laughs> so we're not speaking on eugenics anymore. We're just no, gonna no. sexualize all cereals. That's that's what our episode is now. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's evolved into serial sexual. I want to fuck Tony the Tiger. There, <laughs> this great. is great. <laughs> we made the same fucking joke. All right. So at this point, they got a shitload of money. They got a shitload of members, and people believe in this shit. So they formed the American Breeders Association. Which is by far the best name for an association I've ever heard. Make America breeders great again. Exactly. So this group was formed in 1906. And basically their their job was to investigate the effects uh, of eugenics. They also uh, formed in 1911 a eugenics record office. And they kind of worked together to try to scientifically study eugenics see if it's working see how how it's going to work and figure this out but they were so up their own asses that they never <laughs> saw much besides the racist we're all going to be white aryans <laughs> god so uh yeah so after a couple of years the eugenics record office actually became one of the leading organizations followed quickly by the American Breeders Association. They gained a lot more support, a lot more money, because it sounded like a government agency. It wasn't, but it sounded like it. It's because everyone thought it was for dogs. It's like, like FedEx. They're like, yeah, I will happily pay my for as little as one cent per day to the American Breeders Association. Exactly. That's great. Yeah, wonderful. Think of all the fantastic, perfect white puppies that they could produce. Only white. Only white. Only Samoyed. <laughs> God. So, they they work together, both these organizations, call for immigration, sterilization, euthanation, and segregation. It's yeah, a sure. great slogan. What a great nation. <laughs> so, they, they became accepted academically by 1928, where there were 376 separate courses taught on eugenics, with over 20,000 students graduating. I imagine, like, Hey, Grandma, what'd you go to school for? Oh, I have a eugenics degree. <laughs> Just cue the, the Homer, like, fading back into the bushes. Yeah. Gif. Like, this is, this was crazy. It's just so widespread that if you were to go to a school and look at, like, all these different courses, you can take philosophy, art therapy, math, engineering eugenics like it was just a normal thing at this point so was it more so the study of how to to edit the the genes and cut out certain dna or along the lines of essentially propaganda that this is why we don't want these specific races genes in the future so it was totally both, both. of them it oh, was okay. It was propaganda. This is why we should be doing it, and this is how we can do it. Okay. Specifically, they also would mention, this is how we can do it, and it's not against the law, but it's definitely... Unethical. It's definitely not for the law. <laughs> like, like, yeah, definitely unethical huh. things were happening up to this point. So, I found a lady. She, her name was Margaret Sanger. Actually, pretty good lady. Probably one of the best things to come out of the eugenics program, which is a weird thing to say. But she basically started the birth control movement. She was a hardcore feminist. She basically sought to discourage unwanted pregnancies. So was she for eugenics? That's the kind of dark side of her. Okay. You know, she's done some good things, done some bad things. <laughs> she gave us birth control. But only the right people are supposed to use it. Exactly. Okay. So ultimately, she believed that the individual woman had the choice to keep a baby 
take birth control, all those things, which is awesome, especially for the 1920s, 1930s. She was out there saying, if you want to have an abortion, that is your choice, nobody else's. Just make sure it's not a good white baby. Yeah, pretty much. So the dark side is that she definitely sought to discourage the reproduction of people who would pass on mental diseases or disabilities. And in those cases, she completely approved of sterilization. She's like, if you're mentally disabled in any way, let's say even something small, dyslexia, maybe epilepsy. I mean, that's those aren't small, but... <laughs> Just small things like, yeah, you know, cancer yeah. or polio. But, you know, you, you can live a relatively normal life with dyslexia and you're probably not going to pass it on to your kids. Like, that's just not how it works. But in those cases, she was like, nope, snip it. Hmm. We're going to... We're going to sterilize you. Uh, she even approves some forced sterilization if the person wasn't able to consent for themselves, which oh, is kind of a real real rough. ethical gray area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she completely rejected euthanasia, though, which is rare in these what? people. She was like, no, I would not want to euthanize somebody because they're mentally disabled. Oh, okay. She, I, yeah, I was weird. I was kind of weirded out that you were surprised that she rejected euthanasia. Okay, well, I was... It's not that I was confused on it. I also got euthanasia and eugenics mixed up oh, okay. there for a minute. But when I came to and realized what you were saying, I was like, wouldn't she want people to essentially opt out and kill themselves? That's so not, that it's not the purification? That's not quite it. It was better for them to just live because they're humans and just not reproduce. Oh, not because that's on. the ethical side of those things. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. ethical in yeah, that... quotation marks. So at this point, a bunch of legislation got pushed through. Like, there were lawmakers who were like, yes, eugenics. <laughs> so in 1896 in Connecticut, some of the earliest laws were in Connecticut, of course, they prohibited any epileptic, imbecile, or feeble-minded person from getting married. Like, just at all. So if you, were, if you had seizures, were kind of dumb... Or, you know, pretty gullible or, or, you know, disabled, things like that. Slightly gullible. Yeah. Because the the definition of feeble-minded or imbecile, totally open to interpretation by the doctor Hmm. or the lawmaker or, you know, the judge, essentially. Interesting. So in 1907 in Indiana, it was the first state to enact forced sterilization laws, which is really fucked up. Good old Indiana. Oh, it's wonderful. They were followed quickly by Washington and California. You know, while I was driving through Indiana a few years ago, it surprises me that they, well, actually it doesn't surprise me that they have forced sterilization. Uh, Because every five miles or so as you're driving on their main interstate, there are just signs. $5 strip club. $5 strip club. And you're just like... Like, uh, the guy I was riding with was terribly religious, and he would not allow us to go. Of course not. But I definitely tried. I I attempted many times. But, yeah, $5 strip clubs in, in all places, you know, Indiana. Are you going to get a the corn great... stripping? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's, he's just shucking corn. Yeah. You walk in and you're like, damn it. I just wasted another $5 again. God damn it. Maybe the next one will be different. So there definitely aren't any forced sterilization laws. Well, I wouldn't say any. Definitely not as bad as it was nowadays. Thank Christ. So there was a uh, Supreme Court case called the Buck versus Bell, which basically legitimized forced sterilization 
There was a home for the mentally retarded in Virginia that were just like, yeah, we're just going to sterilize everybody who walks through our door. So mentally disabled people, physically disabled Jeez. people, people with, uh, you know, who need help living but are otherwise normal. They would just get the cut, take the pills, done. The only justification that I can see behind that, although still it's really terrible, is the idea that, like, you're ending the chance of a life of suffering. I can I can understand that point of view, though that's not what it was about. Yeah. But at the same time, I would not sit here. Our lawyers want us to... Definitely want to specify. To definitely want to specify, and I would like to specify. It's not like, oh, yeah, worth getting rid of a life of suffering if you're sterilizing people with mental disabilities that's not what that's not what i'm saying it's it's more so i can see if that were their intent mm-hmm. i see but what you're not. saying yeah but no their intent was just hey that dude had a head injury when he was eight <laughs> and can He's out. has to shit in a bag now and has all these issues what if he passes those on to his kids and they pass what if he somehow gets people? laid, first of all, Jeez. and then passes on? They, they didn't understand where a lot of these disabilities came from, how they passed from person to person. It was totally a... They were afraid of these people with disabilities. Yeah. They didn't understand anything about it. Even and today, we don't a, understand anything. In addition, a refusal to understand as well. Yeah. They were, oh, gross. <laughs> He's got a disability. I'm Ew, not going to be near Yeah. Yeah, that was totally... Get it away. Well, these people were little God. babies. So, basically, one family was like, hey, why did you sterilize this person? He's like a totally normal dude. Except for a couple of things. Just needs help living, you know, moving, uh, living a day, uh, normal life. And the Supreme Court was like, no, fuck him. Snip him. Jeez. Yeah, that, that was pretty awful. Even today, Buck versus Bell has not technically been overturned. Real, I mean... I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. With who we have in office, I'm really not surprised. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So California, specifically, you know, wonderful place. L.A., full of crying little assholes. I'm sorry if you're from L.A., but uh, quit crying. Asshole. Yeah, asshole. So in California alone, between uh, 1909 and the 1960s, they performed 20,000 forced sterilizations. Oh my God. Between 1909 and the 1960s, in the U.S., there were only 60,000. They did a third alone in their state. They had a boner for preventing people from getting boners from their lives. Like, they were crazy. So California had the most, but North Carolina, of course, had the most aggressive aggressive sterilization program. If you had an IQ under 70, immediately you'd get sterilized. Um, We'd and, be done for. We would be finished right yeah. there, sterilized. Bun, done, boom. Bun. Bun. <laughs> so they also, in North Carolina, if you were a social worker, you know, working in with abused people, people who need, you know, who are disabled, who need a lot of help, you basically had the power to force them to get sterilized. Why if did you, you were, do this symbol of a cross? Uh, you know, because they have the power. Yeah, because those social worker, workers had the power. They had the priesthood power. Yes. <laughs> and they could just say, oh, yeah, kid, 
you want to keep working, you want to keep, you know, get put into a foster home because you were abused by your parents, but you're a little slow, you're going to get sterilized and you're only 12, you know, shit like that. We have the priesthood power to ensure that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at this point, all this shit was going on. Immigration just kept getting worse. There were forced literary or literacy tests on all immigrants. Something good that came out of this is that there were incest laws placed, so you couldn't fuck your cousin or your sister. Alabama did not comply. <laughs> yeah, they definitely fought it. <laughs> so that that's something. The South good. will rise again. <laughs> <laughs> they'll never run out of breeding stock um, so they also created like a hierarchy of nationalities like a pyramid where white people were on top and then it would go down to down the worst you, yeah it's the best <laughs> nationality to the worst nationality God. and then there would be a ranking <laughs> your, your, your ranking. favorite top 20 nationalities rank from 1 to 20. Exactly. It was probably Number a, it one. was probably a buzz white people. <laughs> Number 1, clearly. Of course. God, ridiculous. So they and then at this time period they also strengthened the already existing race mixing laws, you know, because at this point this was before like the civil rights movement things like that. Whereas before you might be able to like get away with living in a rural area with nobody around and living with or having a relationship with someone not in your race oh god they would kick your door down tar and feather you and crucify you on a tree or some shit you know like like christ on a cross exactly <laughs> so of course asianic peoples were banned almost entirely from entering the country god. of course like everything crashed down onto the asians nobody liked them at this time period this is even before world war ii when even then there wasn't really much of a reason not like them, but, you know, racism happens. Those sneaky little Asians. I, it's ridiculous. So they came up with some guidelines on what is fit versus unfit. And if you were unfit, you'd be potentially euthanized, sterilized, or segregated. So race and class, of course, factored in. If you were an upper class uh, white male, you're, you're, you're golden. Sick. You can have as many babies as you want. Like, go ahead. Uh, middle class was probably the primo spot to be in, because the upper class wanted the middle class to have a shitload of babies, as long as you were white. Because genetically, of course, the whites are superior. I'm not saying that. That's just the research and what they believed. And that poverty was caused by inferior genetics. So if you're white middle class, you've got good genetics. So have a bunch of babies, and that'll, like, crush out the minorities in poverty so would you consider it a form of eugenics uh with sperm donations because they have such a rigorous requirement oh that's a big topic that one's rough that one's but rough we're getting I, controversial well, i think personally totally personal thing if you're getting sperm donated you should probably have about four options and that's not have any genetics that will cause that you know will interact with yours to cause a horrible you know horrible genetic painful disability and then that's pretty much it like <laughs> that's all four that's all four. that's all four of them i had more but <laughs> no like you should basically have the option to know the genetics 
of what you're getting so that you can potentially screen out. Because there are certain genetic disabilities or disorders that if you, you could have the gene for it and never know it, it's activated but, when... and your kid will never get it unless the other person also has that oh, genetic. So you should be able to screen that stuff out 100%. I could see I'm, that. I'm a believer of preventing illnesses when possible. Not to the point that you're sterilizing and killing people, though. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to the idea getting rid of the, the chance at suffering. You're preventing it, but you're not sterilizing people yeah. to stop it. We're from not going full utilitarian. avoiding it, yeah. So Doing our best we can without hurting other people. So I guess it wouldn't so much be... I guess my question would be, it's still technically considered eugenics because of how strict their screening process is. If I'd imagine if they were to say, hey, everybody give us samples, we'll pull up your DNA results, and then if somebody wants that, by all means. If they want a disgusting D-looking baby, then by all means you can have one at your own discretion. But when their screening is already limiting that, would uh, with with your research that you've done on eugenics, what, do you think that that would technically qualify? I don't think it qualifies because in eugenics, you're trying to alter the human race. Oh, it's okay. not about so one, one person. It's about ah, okay. en masse. It's this just is... it's strictly about race. Yeah, it's strictly okay. not physique and. Well, that definitely plays into oh. it, but. With the determinism from before, if you're white, you're going to have a better physique. You're going to have better health. That's what they believed. Oh, okay. So if your genetics were better, <laughs> you wouldn't have any other I issues. am white, and I do not have a phenomenal physique. Yeah, right? Look at out. both of us yeah. <laughs> in this tiny, warm closet. We <laughs> closet do not have, studio. Closet studio, sorry. We do not have great physiques, but they were fucking insane. That's probably because I have some terrible genes in me. Exactly. Honestly, I blame... You should probably take those I out. blame my great-grandparents. Uh, I take no responsibility for this because this is nature, not nurture. Exactly. I may have had a handful of M&Ms prior to this show, but <laughs> my my genetics would have worked those out. They would have just turned those into energy, probably. Yeah, yeah. It, it's completely... It's all nature. ...because of the genetics. So... <laughs> just this, food for uh, thought, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry to get off topic, but... So they were basically encouraging middle-class women to have more genetically superior women and then would deny them birth control. If you were lower class, they said, no, you have to take birth control. If you were upper class, you had the option. If you were middle class, they would be like, no, we want you to have more and more and more and more and more babies because we're going to change the human race and make everybody better. There were definitely Christians that were Oh, definitely. Middle-aged Christian mothers. That's that's what they were is because – that's the most pressure to have children, is a middle-aged Christian mother. Oh, God. Crank those children out. Give My mother's me not more even Christian, and she's like that. God, same here. Hell. Give me more grandbabies. I need a grandchild. When are you going to start having babies? Hey, but, I found this these baby toys I bought. What the fuck are you talking it about? It better be a goddamn perfect baby, though. <laughs> it better be fucking white. <laughs> God. So, basically, if you were a lower-class woman, you were com- immediately deemed unfit and you were encouraged to get sterilized without completely understanding what Hmm. sterilization was and if you wouldn't do that basically take this birth control they wouldn't even sometimes tell them hey this is birth control they say 
this is a vitamin that we're giving you for free. And then they go and try to start a family, and they're like, what the fuck's happening? Why can't I have a baby? Ooh. Like, it, it, was, it was really fucked up. Which, we're going to get into the more fucked up shit soon. Oh, okay. This is all framing. This is, this is just a preface. In fact, the next uh, box on my notes is titled Forced Sterilization and Euthanasia Programs in the U.S. This is what he was apologizing for in yes, the beginning. Yes, this is the apology. Our lawyers wanted us to emphasize the apology there. That, that one's just for this next session, section. Our lawyer has a lot of work. Oh, man, he's, he's got to cut out for him. Poor guy. So, over 30 states, or lady, over 30 states had forced sterilization laws during this time period. Most of these programs are between about 1909 through about halfway through the 60s, early to mid-1960s. So keep that in mind, that it continued for 50 fucking years. Oh my god. With all this shit. So most of the laws applied to state mental institutions. You get admitted, you get the SNP, you get the... I say get the SNP because it's easier to say, but most of the time it was pills or shots. The majority of the time it was just a shot in your arm, you get some pain in your balls for a couple of days, <laughs> and then you don't know why you're shooting blanks. I wouldn't mind right now. That, <laughs> yeah, that right now that would be bad. great. I'm like, yeah, sign me up. So Virginia's sterilization laws were not overturned until 1974. What? They were the ones who held out the most, or the longest. So 1974, you could still get forcibly sterilized, Jeez. which is insane. You couldn't get forcibly sterilized you, you were, were forcibly sterilized so between uh yeah 1907 and 1963 over 64,000 people were sterilized mostly women of course say those say those years again 1907 to 1963 oh okay i thought you said 1957 and 1963 oh. i was like oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> so yeah 64,000 mostly women yeah just boom 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 so a report was released from the California Sterilization Program, and it was cited by the Nazi government as evidence that eugenics programs were feasible and humane. Oh my lord. Which, the report, I read part of it, and I can't get through it because it's just like four people standing in a circle jerking off onto each other. Like... <sighs> And then they're like, oh, I'll help you out over there. Oh, I'll help you out. Oh, this is so great. Oh, yeah, I of better course help this you is out. Great. Oh, I like that idea. I'll help you out. This is so humane because I'm telling you <laughs> it's humane and I'm not being forced to be sterilized. And because my idea of humane is humane. Exactly. So, oh, God. Yeah, th this is some crazy shit. Even there were, not all these people were, you know, mentally disabled. Some of them were just physically disabled. Some of them were just in prison. Like, God. they were serving out, like, a five-year sentence because they got caught with a little bit of weed or something. How Sterilized. They? How dare they? That weed alters their genetics. I hope you know that. Yeah, of course. My... They, they cause uh, Down syndrome after birth. Yeah. After injecting seven marijuanas, I for sure have vaccine-induced autism. I almost overdosed <laughs> after snorting eight marijuanas. Oh, you went eight. Oh. Yeah, I wanted to push the limit. I, I hope was... you didn't get your vaccines when you were a kid, because that should activate autism. Just oh, so yeah, you know. definitely. Your underlying autism that's sitting in your <laughs> the brain. Underlying... I'm pretty sure we're sure. both autistic, but <laughs> artistic. Just, just a little bit. Sorry, artistic. I am the creative genius. 
And it's really cool how you can just lift up a car. Like. <laughs> all right. So Nazis were already all about this shit. But as we mentioned before, not going to get into that yet. Because of the Nazis, we don't support any type of communism or Nazism. What, what would you say? Nazi, Nazism? Yeah, Nazism. Nazism. Yeah. We don't support Fascism. those things. Fascism. We don't support it. That's why our logo is extremely neutral. I just want to point that out. We just happened to set some letters backwards by accident. Our lawyer wanted us to emphasize this. In this episode, preferably, we do not condone any of that whatsoever. We won't even talk about Nazis. But continue about what happened during the Nazis. No, no. After the Nazis. So during the 70s. Activists and women's rights groups basically discovered that were a, there were a shitload of doctors performing what's known as coerced sterilization. They were all targeting poor, non-white, and mentally ill women. So coerced sterilization is... Here are some examples. They would trick illiterate mothers into signing waivers to sterilize their children. Oh my god. Where they'd be like, hey, sign this, we'll give them vitamins, and like lie to their face, inject them. And they would be sterile for the rest what of their life and never say? understand it. Oh, we're just going to make sure that you've got all of your vitamin C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not going to get scurvy this year. <laughs> no, this is a polio vaccine. Yeah, they would outright lie say, hey, we're going to give you a yeah, polio vaccine. We're going to give you some vitamins. We're going to cure your bad blood and all this bullshit. And it was just Come sterilizing on. these people as young as 16, 15. Jeez. Like, and then they never knew. They they never knew why they couldn't have kids. Man, that's rough. Crazy shit. They would specifically only have consent forms in English and then give those Ooh, to people who man. did not speak or did not read English. And they say, just sign here. They, wouldn't, they would not have them in the native languages. Why isn't this available in Chinese? Uh, I don't know, but here's a shot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's they, a reason for that. We'll disclose it in a couple of years. So they, they targeted African-Americans, Hispanics, and Native Americans during this time period. This was a little bit later on, closer to the 60s, 70s. Um, these ones specifically are during the 70s. It was discovered, so 60s, 70s. Uh, especially Native Americans. They would specifically target, like, let me see, I think I have it on here. They would specifically target Native American women on a uh, reservation and just walk up and say, hey, so you're in labor. Interesting. Oh my god. I'm not going to deliver this baby that's starting to hang out of your vagina until you sign this saying that I can give you a hysterectomy afterwards. Good. Or they would be dying in the hospital from disease or uh, accidents, car accidents, things like that. And they would say, we're not going to treat you until you sign this consent agreement that says I'm going to cut out your ovaries. I just want to point out the amount of terrible shit that we've done to Native Americans in their own original country is horrendous. Like, to consider the fact that if we didn't ever come here, they should have built a wall along the Atlantic Ocean yeah. that was just like, you you aren't welcome because the future you're bringing to our homeland is Absolutely terrible. Ah, it's it, completely it frustrates atrocious. me every time I hear about these things on just how absolutely terrible it is. 
like the treatment just by the Native American people. That one will be a show in and of itself. Oh, yeah. I will, I'm sure we're we'll going to have to turn that. down my new mic because I will get terribly passionate about this. Oh, yeah. We can talk about a whole oh, bunch of shit on it, that topic. It's it's completely ludicrous. It's completely insane. So uh, there were they found about 2,000 uh, poor black women were threatened that threatened to take away welfare benefits unless they let themselves and their children get sterilized. They oh said, no, God. you are not going to get state assistance to, you know, be able to feed your starving family unless you get sterilized. Unless you get this uh, 99-week abortion. <laughs> this 45th, yeah. 45th trimester abortion. <laughs> then you're not getting anything. Even today, drug addicts can get paid to be sterilized in certain states. Really? If you're addicted to heroin or crack or meth or whatever, in certain states you can just go to the doctor, sign a consent agreement, they'll give you a couple hundred bucks, and then you're sterilized. Here's a couple hundred bucks. Don't buy heroin with it. Wink, (laughs) wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Yeah, so obviously that's pretty fucked up. It's horrible. Because like... We don't want you to, you know, have kids, but also I hope you OD. <laughs> just God. instead of just giving treatment and therapy to them. Instead of rehab, we're going to give you untraceable cash, and they <laughs> yeah. are non-sequential bills. <laughs> God. And and here's a needle for fun. Just just take that. Oh, whoops! This happened to be clean and outside our building at the time. <laughs> don't pass it along to your friends. Right. Jesus. Oh, yeah, it was specifically the Indian Health Service that did that, where they would refuse to deliver babies unless they signed the consent. And a lot of them didn't understand and unknowingly gave the consent. Like, they didn't understand what a hysterectomy was. Yeah. They was like, just get this baby out of me. Well, because they've gone out of their way to ensure the Native Americans don't have as strong an education as, exactly. I don't know, maybe white people? Upper class white people? Weird. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so it was almost, or it was estimated that 3,500 people were were coerced Man. just in labor, Native Americans specifically. 2013, six years ago, 148 female prisoners in California between 2006 and 2010 entered into a voluntary program that got them sterilized. Turns out, after a very short investigation, there were no consent agreements. They were never educated on what it was. Ooh. It was framed as a health benefit study. They didn't do anything except sterilize them. Jeez. In 2013. In California. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Jeez. <laughs> so now the euthanasia programs, this one's going back a bit. But they had the wonderful idea before... World War II, this stuff happened, that they would set up gas chambers in every city in the U.S. Oh, my God. Because that's, like, the cleanest, easiest way. You just put them in, scoop them out when you're done. Like, easy. It's cheap. <laughs> I wonder I wonder where the Nazis got their ideas. They're like, the U.S. is doing some pretty wild shit. Maybe we should get on board with this. Yeah. And then later, the U.S. is like, wait, they're doing what to their people in what kind of chamber? How dare they? <laughs> yeah. Did so, we copyright our own ideas? We didn't. Okay, that's it. They're done. 
So most of the people in the movement higher up didn't think the U.S. was ready for a large-scale euthanasia program. So they hid it. It was hidden. There were gas chambers used to euthanize people. But it was all hidden. Like, you, you're not going to be able to find where these were. You're not going to be able to find who used them. Because it was all swept under the rug and destroyed. Well, understandably so, because of the amount of rise up and yeah. public discomfort that would come from them finding out about this. As soon as you see the big old U.S. government stamp of approval on these <laughs> The great gas seal chambers. on a gas Yeah, the great seal. Public outcry would be absolutely terrible. They also used other methods. Not in, you know, up to and including gas chambers, but in one mental institution in Lincoln, Illinois, shouting you out, all those people in Lincoln, Illinois, good job. All of our Lincoln, Illinois fans. So they had a huge mental institution. People would go from states around and would come to this place for the just cutting edge level of care that they would get. (laughs) So incoming patients would get like, oh, their first meal, they'd get some milk. That's great. Like, it's back in the day. Here's some Kellogg's. Just make sure not to masturbate in this not gas chamber. So they would give them milk and, like, a meal, but the milk was laced with active and live tuberculosis. Oh, my God. The thought process was, oh, if they're genetically fit, they'll fight it off. No. They'll just fight. They'll just be resistant to it. They'll be fine. (laughs) So their death rate was 30 to 40%, which is just insane. Just dies of tuberculosis. Ugh, Every his genes year. must have not been good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So they would also do, other doctors practice euthanasia through basically uh, lethal neglect, where they would say, oh, you got cancer. But they wouldn't tell the person that there was a treatment for it. Or they wouldn't, they would say, oh, you have a cold, but really they had tuberculosis. Or, oh, that's a normal feeling, but they have polio. Like, they just wouldn't treat the people because they would be poor, lower class, or non-white. And then they just wouldn't treat them. Those were the euthanasia programs because a ton of people in these movements, in these associations and organizations, were doctors. So they would hide it. We'll, We'll never know how many people were actually euthanized in the United States during this time period. But if it's 40% at one institution in Illinois, who the fuck knows? Like... It'd be a hell of a lot higher in Alabama. Oh, yeah, with all that cousin <laughs> fucking. <laughs> no, that was, that was outlawed. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> let's, okay. talk about, let's talk about the happy side of eugenics. Yeah, let's get on a The better note. baby competition. Oh, Most of these were in the South. Oh, it's so cute. Where you would basically sign up your family. They had better babies, and then they had a family competition, too, where you would just sign up, and whoever had the most genetically superior which is also white, the whitest family... The whitest family. ...would win. They'd get money. They'd get, uh, basically, like, fame in a their town. A picture of their baby on, I don't know, maybe a jar of baby food, yeah. per se. Just yes, an actually. idea there. So, they, they would have these huge competitions, and it was also kind of a ruse. I'm smiling, and I shouldn't be, because this is awful. But people would, like... Poor people would be, hey, if we sign up to this better baby or, you know, family competition, we get a free medical checkup by a licensed physician. We could could get a free sterilization. Yeah, that that was happening. They would say, oh, no, you've lost. Here's your vitamins. Boom, you're sterilized. (laughs) And then the, you know, richest, whitest family would get more money 
God. So, pretty fucked up. These happen for just a couple slightly, of years. Just slightly. It would happen up. at like carnivals. They would have carnivals, essentially. <laughs> where it was like, instead of the biggest pig or the biggest pumpkin or whatever, it was just the whitest baby. And little Susie would always win the blue ribbon. Of course. Uh, every time. She was already sterilized at she that point. Ster- <laughs> so her hormones were already fucked up. She stayed a baby for 23 years. <laughs> No, that'll pertain to our next episode, which is the the medical testing that they did on her to prevent her from growing. Oh, oh, even keep better. Her, keep her at a cute little, cute little Susie. Aww. Against her will. We'll Aww. use her for Gerber baby food pictures <laughs> for 40 years, Aww. and no one will realize it. So, that that's a pretty good rundown of eugenics in America before World War II. The majority of that's before World War II. Dips a little into the 60s, but... After World War II, we have, you know, genetic engineering, which is still up for debate on the on how ethical it is, on the morals surrounding it, and the attempt to prevent undesirable traits. The biggest issue here is there are traits that are universally undesirable. Traits that, you know, put you at a higher risk for different types of cancers or diseases or these debilitating awful things. Which is, you know, universally, yeah, I don't want my kid to have cancer. But the issue arises when you start to get more choice. Oh, I don't want them to have this hair color, this skin color. I want them to have this type of body, this build, um, these inclinations. At that point, you're messing with things that we don't understand yet. And it's pretty fucked up. Only slightly. Well, sorry, this is slightly fucked up. Because I swear to God, if I have one brown hair, non-blue-eyed child, I will be furious. Oh, sorry. Correct me. Furious. (laughs) Furious. (laughs) Furious. Yeah, so that's a huge topic of what's right, what's wrong, what are good traits, what are bad traits, and what we can control on all that. But the... The bottom line on this is the determination of fit versus unfit, or desirable or undesirable, moral or immoral, is always the person who's in power at the time, which is usually an upper-class white male who wants to go back to the good old days when you would not ever be in a swimming pool with somebody with brown skin. Back when America was great. Yeah, back when America was wonderful, when we had eugenics programs. Back when I didn't have to share that... that delightful, crisp, white water with those dirty ones down the street. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's disgusting. It's frustrating. It's, those decisions aren't for us to make. It's, yeah. it's not our choice whether, well, I mean, I guess it could be if a price is right. Uh, it's not for us to determine what color the baby should be, what color of hair they have, whether... Their left arm is, you know, a millimeter shorter than their right arm. I'm not triggered by any of this. Um, <laughs> but it's, that's not a choice for us to make. It's, it's wrong. Just yeah. plain and simple. It's, plain it's and simple. wrong for people to feel that that's their choice to put on to somebody else. So to, to kind of clear it up, in 1978, the feds finally kicked in and were like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. Public opinion was definitely turning away from this. 
uh, it began pretty much after World War II, after the Holocaust came out. Came out. After it was discovered. After it was released. It yeah. had a very raving release date. It it got 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. The lines went down the street. People were hopping on trains to get to what was going to be released, the Holocaust. <laughs> the Holocaust. The Holocaust. So it's 1978, and they, they finally put in the federal sterilization laws to pretty much prevent this shit from happening. So if you do choose to get sterilized... Or if it's medically uh, necessary, I guess is the way they they say. Even though that's kind of mm. <laughs> either way necessary. Yeah, if it's medically necessary, if you choose to get sterilized, there's a waiting period. If really? it's a medical thing, it's 180 days. It, if it's so a choice, it, it's about 30 days. It so kind of depends. A, like an approval period. It's basically you have chosen that you want to get sterilized, but let's. Put up some time so for you to sleep on it, for you to distance yourself from whatever emotions you're feeling that day to prevent somebody from just spur of the moment got dumped by someone or, you know, something happened and they're emotionally charged. They have to wait. They have to cool down. They have to figure this shit out. Which is good because yeah, anytime I, I step in a puddle that's a little bit too deep and my socks get wet inside my shoes, I want to be sterilized. I want to chop my fucking balls off if that happens. <laughs> like... I don't know if 30 days would really cure that. Like, anytime that happens, I immediately, I just want it done. I'm salty for fucking three months. <laughs> the socks inside my shoes get wet. <laughs> but, you know, even even today, there's still problems with this eugenics. It's definitely not in the public eye. For the, But people still believe it. People still practice it, even. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation about sterilization. The uh, consent forms that are out and used across the United States for signing up for and consenting to sterilization are above the average literacy aptitude of the United States. They are written specifically using a lot of big words that a lot of people don't understand. I, f I feel like that's the case with a lot of consent forms as well. Definitely. Uh, it's not necessarily, oh, like, watch out for the fine print. Watch out for the obscene literacy that they use the words that they use are it's it's hard to understand yeah definitely they know what they're doing if you're not this. in the the if you're not in the topic if you're not fully submerged and like working in the industry in these consent agreements you're not going to understand it you're you're not going to understand what it all means so it's still an issue uh, a lot of people don't even understand that sterilization is permanent. So they're like, I just want to be sterilized for 10 years. And they're so, like, yeah, sign this consent agreement. I would assume that when it comes to sterilization, it's not the same as if someone were to say, hey, I'd like to get a vasectomy. Because a vasectomy can be reversed. Yeah. Um. So those fall under different things. Definitely. I'd assume that that has a lot to do with it. Because... When guys hear, oh, sterilized or fixed, they imagine, oh, yeah, they just got a vasectomy down the line. Like, yeah, they can, you know, plug those tubes back in together. Mm -hmm. um, but misinformation, they they don't realize that, hey, this this shot that we give you, you're done. Yeah, there's, you cannot there's fix no this. There's no reproducing from this. Yeah, there's no way to prevent it. Huh. So some of the... 
abuses of sterilization sterilization still occur mostly in underfunded hospitals and lower income patients care centers things like that it still happens but it is now at least against federal law to withhold like uh, medicare or any kind of government uh, benefit on the terms of sterilization you mm-hmm. you can no longer say no you can't get medicare no you can't get welfare without being sterilized that's completely illegal but if you're in a really poor city in a really poor part of the country or part of the world even because this isn't just a united states thing this yeah. swept the world those numbers are crazy i would imagine that it still goes on oh, without definitely. being illegal in certain parts of the world it definitely is so if you're just in in a poor part of the world in a poor community or even just in the united states and you're getting some kind of community benefit People can still withhold that from you until you're sterilized, as long as it's not a federally given mm. thing, benefit. It, it So if you're, you know, getting help from a food bank, say from a large religion, they could feasibly not give you food unless you were sterilized. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, super happy topic. Yeah. Crazy upbeat. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Just like, you know, I hope you have a fantastic day. Because I'm not. Yeah, not anymore, at least. Yeah, uh, yeah if that's all that you've got, uh, we will close up, I guess. Uh, we'll say a nice closing prayer here in the name of our sweet Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. But not before uh, we let you know to make sure to follow us on our Twitter. Points O pressure. And don't forget the at symbol in front of it. We aren't so hot right now at posting our updates. We should have some things on there that uh, prior to our release date. Better be some steam and yeah, memes. Some, some steam and memeing. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, just make sure to watch for our episode that's going to be coming up and stay safe out there. Yeah, we'll release the episodes every other week. This first season is going to be a little bit shorter. This is just kind of a... Test the water, see if we like the format. Which we hate it. We hate, we hate it completely. Uh, this is the last episode we're ever going to do. Ever. Um, I am I actually tore my contract up in front of AJ. I still own his voice. He does not own my fucking voice. I own the I voice. The he owns my bit genius. that you will see at a later date. <laughs> so yeah, hit us up, follow us. If you have any feedback or anything, any content you'd like to see, by all means, Slide into those motherfucking DMs. Ooh, if you want to yell at me about how uh, fucking racist and horrible this is, go ahead. I'm not going to read the DMs anyway. That's up to D. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.